Hey everyone, welcome to the very first episode of Let's Get Real. I am joined, I'm sorry, I'm Will Rodriguez. I am excited to be joined by two epic gentlemen within the film industry in Virginia. Gentlemen, why don't you introduce yourselves? Yeah, well, my name is Tom White. I'm a award-winning film producer, indie budgets, a filmmaker here in Virginia. Been making films with, well, at least half of these guys for a while here. Yeah. I'm really excited to talk about some movies, man. Cool, Tom. Love to have you on the podcast. And then next to him, we've got T my good friend, Nick Albertson. Nick, say hello. Yes. Hello, everybody. Yes, I'm Nick Albertson. I actually, I, I am too a, an award-winning filmmaker, technically. I forget about that. I've done, <laughs> I, I just, I never remember these things. I currently am very lucky enough to work in uh, production. I do local TV production, editing and videography and all that jazz. And I'm a, I'm a film geek. So I'm very that, excited to talk about this stuff too. Uh, so I am super excited. I guess that makes me the Susan Lucci of the three because I've been nominated for all kinds of awards, but never once won. So <laughs> we won't mention that. <laughs> okay. That's anyway, you've won awards. Yeah, you've won. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I've watched you win an award. I love how he's like, I haven't won, won any awards. And we're all like, yes, you have. Mills Green's dad does not count. Sorry. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. I think I got that one too. Uh, sure. Send me up on that one too, Tom. Thanks. <laughs> I don't I don't have any children, so I can't participate in that one. All right. Well, I'm sure that you had a world's best dad sometime too, Tom. All right. So we're excited that, that you are with us today. This is a brand new movie podcast. We are going to be talking, we're going to be really dissecting today the Suicide Squad that all three of us had a chance to watch. But before we do that, we've got some movie news that we want to kind of chat about. First and foremost, it wouldn't be COVID times without this news item. Turns out the Ghostbusters Afterlife, Tom Gunn Maverick, and Mission Impossible 7 all are being delayed again. Ghostbusters Afterlife is delayed only a few days to November 19th, while Top Gun Maverick is being delayed to may and mission impossible seven is actually being delayed till september both 2022 yep. so I I, is i'm trying to because what is it because a lot of movies now are releasing on streaming services and stuff like that so because why is it why are the releases being delayed because of is it just because well they the has a lot of they, is that what it is they will they've been delayed due to a, a surge in the u.s covid cases caused by the delta variant at least that's what the that's what bbc had reported so i know they got it they i know specifically i don't know a lot with maverick because as far as i from what i remember i believe maverick was pretty much done it was just unfortunately going to be coming out in the middle of last summer when nothing was going on you know nothing nothing important was happening in the world that would have prevented us from being able to to see a top uh, a tom cruise movie but you know since all of us were all trapped inside and everything there they ended up delaying maverick for that however i do know for sure that mission impossible itself that production was delayed several times due to covid issues you know and those were been pretty right. important i think i think well, it's I remember, ever, I remember tom cruise where remember tom cruise, cruise is <laughs> yeah oh, i remember i remember hearing tom cruise yelling at everybody for for not following yeah yeah he's, and whatnot he He's kind of over, he was over it before anybody else, I, I believe, yep. with the people following the protocols. Because, you know, at that point it was costing him. He's, you know, he being the main producer of definitely for Mission Impossible, I assume, I assume for Top Gun as well. But I know that it was costing him money. And so he was trying to get those moving. 
And, yeah. you know, I mean, there were... He might be a scientologist, but he's not an idiot. No, he's not, man. <laughs> and if... Uh, I, I mean, I think, I think an argument could be made for that being one and the same. Well, you know, one thing, my favorite Batman episodes of Batman the Animated Series was just titled, Oh, well, if you're so smart, why aren't you rich? So yeah, I remember that episode. Credit to Tom Cruise that he's probably yes. at least smart enough to know how to make a lot of money. And he knows if those productions get shut down, his investments and returns aren't where he's going to want he, to be. He might believe in uh, Thetans and evil Lord Xenu, but damn it, he knows set safety. <laughs> <laughs> well i'm i'm glad somebody does i mean he's for all this yeah. crazy stuff that was one of the things i at least i can sympathize with that i would you know since there were a lot of productions that did get shut down for longer stints and really cost a lot of money to the studios especially at the beginning the ones that were filming when covid started and i know mission impossible was one of those but Mission Impossible continued to try to, you know, they really tried to chug along and push through all of that. And so delays were kind of one of those things that you were expecting there. However, again, with Tom, with, with Top Gun, that uh, is still kind of surprising to me. I think that's more play at the fact that people aren't really coming back to theaters at the rate that, you know, studios are really happy with that are doing those, you know, studio only releases. I mean, it's Maverick, it's Top Gun, it's Tom Cruise. You know he wants to make the best return that he can when he drops that movie because that's a that's a franchise. He doesn't want to be looking at a $28, $28 million opening weekend. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not what he wants. He wants much more than that because, you know, those movies should make uh, a lot of money. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. And just speaking of that, do you know what movies actually uh, slated to break box office records actually? I do not. It's coming out right now. Shang Chi, the new Marvel flick, coming out. That's by the time that, people hear it, will have. Is come that out the one movie. that like everyone's forgotten about now since the Spider Man trailer <laughs> dropped? <laughs> in all in all the memes I've been seeing, that's like the redheaded stepchild now. <laughs> no, forgotten or not, that's Deadline cool. Deadline's actually reporting the film's predicted to earn forty five to fifty million in its opening weekends, which is actually going to break the record for highest earning films over Labor Day weekend which is currently held by Rob Zombie's remake of Halloween. That, okay, so I'm actually oh. more surprised that the Halloween remake, the Rob Zombie Halloween remake, is mm -hmm. the, the current record holder for that. I've seen that movie. I've seen it too. I, I mean, it's okay. Like, the original Halloween is my favorite, like, horror if movie If you go ever. back in time, it makes sense. However, That's I'm actually more surprised. 2007 is time. In 2007 was very different, <laughs> but, but, but I'm actually kind of surprised with Chungsi because I got to be honest, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be, this is one of those things where it might be an unpopular opinion. I could not care less about Shang-Chi. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I honestly couldn't. There's nothing about it. The most exciting thing about Shang-Chi's trailers was like Wong and the Abomination. That's it. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's it. No. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, I, maybe I, and here's the thing. Everyone that's seen it seems to love it. So I'm probably wrong. Yeah. But as far as like anticipation for it, I have like zero. This is one of those things where I've already gone. I'll wait to see it. And, you know, when I can watch it at home, I'm not, this well, isn't, you know, going to get me to the theater. Growing up, I was a big comic book fan, nerd, geek, whatever mm -hmm. you call it. And Shang-Chi was actually a comic called uh, Master of Kung Fu. 
And mm-hmm. I actually love that because I loved Bruce Lee. I loved all the old martial arts movies. So to me, the choreography alone in these fights are just spectacular. And I can't wait to watch it. The only problem is that it's only releasing in theaters. And we're not quite there yet for, for COVID reasons. So I'm going to have mm-hmm. to wait to watch it, which is terrible because I know we're going to get spoiled on some stuff. And you all know how much I love Yeah, because you're not going to be able to avoid the internet for 45 days. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going <laughs> no. Yeah, I, I have no hype for it either, but I, that's just because I'm a filthy casual. So <laughs> when it comes to superhero movies, I'm, an, I'm a very self-admitted, I'm a filthy casual. So, right. well, yeah. I got to tell you, I love superheroes. I've grown up reading comic books, you know, mostly mostly graphic novels, I'll be honest, and everything, and then finish completed volumes. But but down that pinky. You, you, but, you, you it, <laughs> not comic books, graphic <laughs> novels. Thank you. Love the comic books. Get it right. Get it straight. You uncultured swine. I also have a cigarette holder. But but yeah, no, man. I I Shang-Chi, you know how they say that it's starting to get to that point where it feels like we're scraping the bottom of the barrel for superheroes now? Like, Shang-Chi, let me be honest. There is every single superhero. You remember back when they said the Guardians of the Galaxy are obscure superheroes that nobody knows? I was like, you guys are crazy. The Guardians of the Galaxy are great. Wait till you get a load of Rocket Raccoon, right? (laughs) And then they were like, yo, hey, we're making Shang-Chi. I was like, who is that? <laughs> I literally said, who is that? I know everybody. I've watched the Iron Fist show, man. <laughs> That's how Sorry, much I'm into superheroes. And well, I, yeah, exactly. I, I thank you because they really do need to apologize for those. Well, it, I agree with you, first of all, because talking about martial artists, if I was into Master of Kung Fu, Iron Man, I'm sorry, Power Man and Iron Fist were like, the the group for me man i mm-hmm. i and to see this whiny little idiot try to be <laughs> I, it, it, I, I wanted to throw my remote through the tv screen it was just it was not pretty not, yeah i gotta tell you here's the you you know the iron fist that they chose was so bad that it really displayed how good of a luke cage michael colton was because the like one episode or the, the few episodes they had together, I always liked the Iron Fist a little bit more wow. because of I like Luke Cage so much. Oh, and oh. just be like, but, but I'm like, but still, I didn't like yeah. him. <laughs> you know I, mean? I didn't like him. I'm, it was still one of those things. But I just liked Michael Colton. I liked him as uh, Luke Cage. And I thought Luke yeah. Cage was really great on the front half of the first season. I thought it went to hell after uh, when I, he got... Actually, I think it was three episodes, three or four, however many episodes in. At whatever I, I, point Will's was that thing exploding? I kind of regain here. And Nick, I'm sorry that we, we got off on this tangent. Go on. But go on. No, it's cool. It, huh? it, if anything, it just means I miss nothing by not watching Iron Fist. <laughs> you did it. You really <laughs> did not. I miss nothing. You, you're welcome. But, thank but yeah. <laughs> but when it comes to the short, uh, I'm sorry, to the small screen version of Power Man, uh-huh. that dude was not Power Man. He was way too nice, way too sweet. If you read the Power Man comics, okay, no, I'll give you that. I'll give, you, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. However, however, I that I still enjoyed Michael Colton's portrayal. I, I I see where you're. I see where you're coming from. 
Right. And I have to, I have to give you that. Luke and Cage you, was is not that guy necessarily in the comics. No, that's, I, that's a fact. I have had that's this a conversation fact. a lot, right? I am a purist. Yes. I I need to stick to the story and the character. I, I know. Can't stand brunettes <laughs> who are pretending to be blonde superheroes, right? We've gone through all this before. We've been doing that. That's that dude was like like nice guy who wants to help it. Now, that's not Power Man, dude. Power so, Man was like a yes. I think he was a. You know, he was a really nice guy, really gentle guy, wanted to take you out for coffee. I Too gentle. Can't. Too gentle. That's not Power Man, man. I, I cannot just, wait, and this is a teaser for a future episode, possibly. I cannot wait until we have a debate about, like, Man of Steel. Because we love Superman. God, listen, I don't, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I'm We're going to do it too much. Let's it's going to be weird. Okay, anyway, Tom, I think you've got another news item that you want to bring up, right? Yeah, yeah. Actually, I wanted to talk about John Cena. John uh, Cena. It turns out that, uh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> the man who can't be seen. John, it's apparently they say that he, they're reporting that he's on a career high right now in, mm -hmm. uh, as far as movies go. With uh, coming out with, with Fast that. and the Furious. And I agree. I agree too. He was Fast great and the Furious. Fire of a movie. Which, wait, which fire, firefighter? Yeah, he was a firefighter. He's taking care of these kids. That was like the best. I missed that. What movie was that? Is that is that I one of those like no? Was that, was, was like that one of the family movie he did movies? Like yeah. it was called Playing with Fire. And if you've not if you've not seen that movie, shame on you. You know you're no John Cena fan. Okay, let me tell you something, John Cena. I'm such a John <laughs> Cena fan. I tell you this, John Cena cameos in this really obnoxious kid named Fred. Like the, his show. Oh my uh, god! Was was on Nickelodeon. Believe it or not, it was really popular. And yeah, help us all. And in the movies, see, here's the thing: like in the movies, like Fred's this kid and everything, whose dad's like never around, right? But his dad is played by John Cena. So, in that particular thing, because they never really like it's not like a dress to dress like that or whatever. But like in this kid show, there is a joke about the idea that the guy's dad is never seen. You know what I'm saying? Like. And because it's John Cena, you can't. It's you. You yeah. can't see me. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> Nick gets it. So it was gets it. For us, Tom and I. Tom and I are big wrestling fans. So for us, I'm that sorry. joke works. The show Fred, though, was. I mean, there's really was no horrible. way around. It's, it's, it was, it's terrible. Like it. No, don't 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 seek this out, Will. Like that's what I'm trying to say. Don't <laughs> seek this out. Anyway, well, back to the news. John Cena. It looks like he might be moving in on some Marvel territory. Looking at a, a particular franchise, but a little, little crossover DC, a little crossover deal. Yeah, they're about. He's about to be a twofer. Wait, uh, deal. He's going like to. He's going to bring Peacemaker to the Marvel universe. Well, no, 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 no. I it's just so. he is John Cena. That'd he himself fantastic. is the crossover. I guess I don't know. Yeah, no. He's. They're talking about adding him particularly as the thing. Well, it was mentioned. But I believe the what he said. Yeah, someone. They were talking about him playing the thing with the Fantastic Four. Huh. And uh, I guess it got around to him and Cena, I guess, explained and he said, I would consider most any thing. Of course he did. <laughs> I think he put himself that's a very John Cena response. Yeah, um, that's a very that is a very John Cena spot. You know, he's he, he had to see you guys doing in a, a little rim shot there or something. I know. Yeah, he did yeah, yeah, a little sound effects board like a radio right, show. Right. Okay, yeah, so he says, uh, he says, I think keeping yourself open to options and different perspectives is a good way to do go about life. This would simply be a thing 
Oh, brother. Yeah. <laughs> I would consider because I like to keep my perspective open to new things. Oh, my. Is, oh, come that's, on. That's the guy. That's that's the guy. So then my that's question to you is, John Cena being John Cena, is he going to be hidden behind all the prosthetics to be the thing? Can you even see that? It depends on which way they go, man. I don't think – here's the funny thing. For as horrible as it was – Uh-oh. No, 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 no. You're not going to go? No. Fan. Uh, Van no. four God. no no <laughs> stick and <laughs> four stick it, 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 uh, the the their their look for the thing nothing about the story like there's nothing story wise good about that movie I'm sorry there's just not but I'm I'm with you okay the I don't, actual I don't think that's an unpopular thing. opinion you don't have to apologize it's not unpopular I just I you know I never know with Will because you know <laughs> he could have gone. But this one particular thing, they got so right. <laughs> it was in the comics. They got it perfect. Yeah, and it was perfect. <laughs> there has not been a perfect thing yet. Let's just put it there you there. go. Well, I will say this. I think that the visual for the thing in that movie was one of the better things that's in the movie. Oh, as he was did on that one. Yeah, and he was more dig and he was digital. He was pretty. He was digital, and that was uh, I believe that was Jamie Bell that played the thing there. And not that he had much dialogue wise to really work with in that movie anyway but so i don't know it really depends on what look they're going to go for the thing i think with the way the mcu is and the fact that they have so many cgi characters already that are in there and cgi has kind of gotten to this point where you know you can watch mark ruffalo as the hulk for a whole movie you know but you still see mark ruffalo with that technology i think we're kind of beyond the point of all the prosthetics well, and everything. i mean well that that example that you gave is a good one but i still see movies where i'm like the cgi looks like shit like it looks really bad yeah. to me oh yeah but 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 do you think kevin feige is going to give you that i mean probably not i hope not it's a user the user maybe he'll snuggle with shang chi yeah. oh. <laughs> <laughs> here's where i would have a problem with that though because the thing does not look like ben Grimm in the comics he does not look like him so it's he, he the thing. Oh, the yeah, thing, I see what you're saying. If the thing looks like John Cena, mm -hmm. again, not the thing. Mm -hmm. Right? So well, Cena's at least the size, though. Like, the whole thing that's holding you back. Cena okay. much. Hold on. Here's my thing. Okay. Okay. I see what you did there, too. Without, without that, without that one piece, there mm -hmm. will. Yes. Does John Cena need a decent casting for the thing? Yes, I do think. If, okay. If, if he's willing to. If, if his hair was blonde. Yeah. Like, <laughs> black. But, but you know what? Damn it. If they don't get the color of the rocks right, there's going to be. If those rocks are brown and not orange. That's right. Actually, you know what? Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Will's got a point on that one. I would need to be on that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, that, that would be. Don't say, be like yeah. coming again from the filthy casual. John Cena playing the thing would make me want to see that movie more because I don't care about the Fantastic Four at all. Well, see, because um, and that was kind of how I felt about the idea for Shazam. There was one point where John Cena was in the runnings right. for Shazam. And I thought to myself, since we, we cast Black Adam first and it was The Rock. I was like, man, that just booked itself. No brainer, you know? You just get John Cena to play Shazam, who's honestly like a perfect Shazam. Not even that I dis I don't even dislike the other guy. I kept losing his name. Oh, Michael Chiklis? No. Oh. No, no, no. I mean Shazam. Oh, uh, my bad. Captain Marvel. Who who's that guy? Zachary 
Levi. Oh, there Levi. you go. Yeah, yeah. That I feel dude. bad because I actually like him, no. but that in itself is kind of also my point. Yeah, I wouldn't have done that with John Cena. I'm actually, I'm actually <laughs> with you on that. I'm aligned with you. When I yeah. heard John Cena was in the running, I, I thought that is a badass casting. I would have gone with yeah. that. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. I just, I don't know, because he looks like a kid that just became a superhero. Like, you know, I can yeah. imagine a kid growing yeah, up. I mean, the dude is a real life. Like, <laughs> you look at John Cena when he was a kid versus when he became a wrestler. That's like real life Captain America. Like he went from yeah. regular person to just jacked mammoth human being. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Yep. So what, what Nick is saying there is that little John Cena looks more like Ben Grimm. Little, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll take smaller, right. <laughs> smaller right. Bingra. Yeah. So I think we're in agreement that John Cena would be a good casting option as long as they yeah. don't mess with the look of the thing too much. Yeah, that's what I mean. Maybe they'll actually do like the Captain America thing and actually shrink him some, which would be kind of funny to me to see a shrunken adult yeah. John Cena. Yeah. I think my sure. he probably hasn't looked like that since he was like thirteen. <laughs> right. right. All right. Well, then uh, we we got transition to. Our next segment, which is what we're watching. Oh, yes. Tom, what I got to tell you guys, speaking of John Cena, all okay. right, I watched a movie. Playing with fire? I, 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 no, not playing with fire. <laughs> <laughs> I watched, no, I watched a movie this uh, this week called uh, Vacation Friends, okay? And here's my thing. I have to know, have you guys heard of it? Well, here's where we have to insert the cricket noises because I've never. No, I, no, I have not. I'm not at all familiar. Really? Is it? I mean, it sounds like it sounds to me. It sounds like a really bad comedy. Well, OK, OK. You're almost right on the nose because that's exactly what I was expecting. Just a bad comedy. Right. Okay. It was. It was, it was did you know? Right. <laughs> here's what here's what it was. Will. let me explain it. You'll know exactly what I'm talking about. My wife and I were watching our favorite thing on television, which is what are we going to watch? Well, 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 it's called what are we going to watch on one of our streaming services where we just look at a whole bunch of things and add stuff to our lists or whatever, but never actually pick something to watch. Right. Right. So I had made a decision beforehand because I was scrolling through Facebook and I just saw an ad for just John Cena and it was Del Rey, the comedian in vacation friends. And I said, I just looked at it and on the poster, there was no, there were no actors that I, I disliked, you know, there was no, there was nobody that would keep me from watching it. So I said, all right, well, I'll, I'll, I'll bank that for later on. And so when the wife and I sat down, I immediately went to Hulu and I went to vacation friends and it wasn't available. And so I said, okay. And so we just made a mental note. And literally the next day, because I guess I had gone to it and everything there. They sent me a trailer and was like, hey, here's the actual trailer from because I hadn't even seen the trailer yet. And so I see the trailer and they're like, it comes out tonight, my guy, I'm sorry. So we, we came back, we watched it the next night. And I got to tell you, I was expecting just like I, I was, I'm expecting a bad comedy where maybe I might laugh one or two times, you know? And I got to tell you, this movie is not a great comedy either. It's one of those nice little middle of the road. This was inoffensive. This was fine. I didn't. I can't, you know, I can't wait. That's like, a ringing endorsement. Like, like, this, this, this was good. <laughs> like, hold on. Here's the thing. Because there's it's something so it, decent, you guys. It's no, just, no, no, no. It's a it's solid C. I think it's the surprisingly movie I've ever no. seen. <laughs> no, 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 no. That that in itself is a downplay. Because here's what I'm saying. 
I'm saying that I went, I, I, I went in expecting McDonald's, you know, and I didn't come out with Ruth's Chris, but I, maybe Olive Garden. <laughs> that that metaphor definitely does not work on me because I like all three of those things. So watch the movie. Watch the movie. You'll enjoy yourself. All right. All right. So, Fair enough. I mean, what, what's, what is it? We don't even know what it's about. Okay. So here's what it's about. All right. Without spoiling anything, no spoilers in this review. Yeah. We get this couple that's going on vacation and it's Del Rey. He's planning on uh, proposing to his girlfriend. They get to the hotel, the, in their room, there's an issue with their room and they bump into this other couple, this really friendly, obnoxious and insane couple of John Cena and his girlfriend. And they're this couple that seems to, they, they have no investments or anything because every year they just save up all their money and then spend all of it before the year is out and then work their way and save again. They're like, those, that's these people. <laughs> so, so, you know, and he, cause he's like a park ranger or something like that. Like, he's not like, it's not like he's some investment person. They just, save up and just spin out. So they've got like the presidential suite and everything there. So they've got enough room for them. So they say, you know, the stuff with your room happened. Come, just stay with us. Just stay with us. And then after that, they have this insane just time. They're on vacation and everything. They're on the islands and everything. And then, you know, Del Rey and his, you know, his, his girlfriend, you know, they propose and everything there. And they're going to be, you know, they're going to get married. But then when they're leaving, they just kind of want to leave this craziness behind, right? And so they're thinking they're done with them until they start planning their wedding. And then these guys show back up in their life and their very conservative families and everything there are now having to, you know, they're trying to deal with them being there and dealing with all of that as well. So it's very, very basic, okay? <laughs> right. Sounds like a very <laughs> mediocre movie. It, yeah, that's really is. It's a very mediocre movie that doesn't offend anybody. The people who watch it laugh a good couple of times, and you feel fine. And then by the before you anything too crazy, it there's a there's a couple of things where you it feels predictable, and you think something's going to happen, then something different happens, and then by the end of it, the star of this movie for me was John Cena, and that was kind of the interesting thing was that. It made me go, wow, John Cena really, like, don't get me wrong, Del Rey's great too, right? And it's really built around him as the kind of as the protagonist, right? But John Cena and his supporting role for it, I think he's really good at comedy. And I think he should kind of stay, not stay in that wheelhouse, because he's also a great action star too, obviously. But I think he's really got some comedic timing that, you know, WWE writing never really uh, brought out of him. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I've always thought that. I've always thought that John Cena was actually an underrated comedic actor ever since I saw him when playing with him. Yeah. 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 And that's, that's, that, that's it. That's the part that's, that, that's what I would say is the part that's worth looking into. You know, kind of how The Rock had some movies that were coming out and they weren't. Hey, The Rock was awesome. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, he made some. The rundown. He made some. The rundown. I like the rundown. That's my favorite rock movie. Because if anything, if nothing, if nothing, then for the the Arnold Schwarzenegger cameo, the little the little passing of the torch at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, that's dope. 
Yeah. <laughs> okay, so, but, but, it, you know, but he had movies like Walking Tall, right? Like Walking Tall, very mediocre movie. You see what I'm saying? But if you watch Walking Tall while The Rock was on that progression, you probably went, that's a pretty good Rock movie in of itself. Like you can see yeah. that progression of yeah. him as an actor. Here's a, time, it's yeah. a good, it's a good John Cena movie. Okay. Right. I don't think it's going to, the fact, and then the fact that it uh, broke those records for Hulu and, and everything, and now they've already greenlit a sequel shows, you know, it, it's I mean, a very good thing for him. It's a vehicle, you know. Ride that one, John. <laughs> like, I didn't do that. You know, I do. Yeah. He was, he actually became kind of the star of this movie because by the time that movie's done, you have, you know, he has more of a, like, again, Del Rey has the arc and everything as the protagonist, mm -hmm. but you go through so many different emotions and ideas and thoughts and feelings about John Cena that by, before the movie's over, that I think he, you, in, he ends up stealing it kind of in a way. Yeah. All right. Sweet. So that is Vacation Friends. You can find it on Hulu. So that's yeah, Vacation Buddies. Not, yes, vacation, not vacation Buddies. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that's a private joke. Although, you'll, you know what? Honestly, you'll probably still find it even if you search for that. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah. You can find it on Hulu. Vacation. Mediocre movies. Uh, run out and. Uh, yeah. If you're looking for like a really. If you're, if you're the kind of person who's just like, you know what? I've just seen too much really good stuff lately. And I'm looking for a solid, like I'm looking for a really good, like six and a half, seven out of 10 evening. Like, I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to have like uh, a steak with no seasoning on it. And just a glass of water, you know, you and know, I need to go in. That's a little, that's a little rough. This steak is at least seasoned with salt and peppers. Okay. Fair. <laughs> at least. Fair enough. Well, uh, okay. Well, Nick, what have you been watching this week? Very recently, I went back and rewatched a movie that I had watched several years ago. And at the time I liked it, but I didn't love it. But upon rewatching it, I loved it. And uh, it's not recent at all. This movie came out in 1974. But Chinatown. I went back and rewatched yeah. Chinatown for the first time in a long time. And I loved it. The whole, I mean, it's, it's not for everybody. Like, it's a, it's a, it is basically a, it's a neo-noir. So if you're a fan of film noir, if you're a fan of mysteries, I think you'd really like it. The screenplay is fantastic because it's one of those stories. And I, it, I, the, the statute of limitations for spoilers has long since expired on this movie, but I'm not going <laughs> to spoil it because it's really that good. It's one of those stories that just it starts off as one thing. Jack Nicholson is the star of it. He plays uh, a private investigator named Jake Giddis. And basically the, the inciting incident of the movie is like this woman comes in and, and tells him that, you know, she suspects her husband's been cheating on her. And she hires him to, you know, gather information on him. And from there, it's just like one thing leads to another. And he learns more and more stuff as he's investigating. And it turns into like this thing that involves like the L.A. water supply, which I know sounds super boring, but it's absolutely not. And it just evolves into this crazy thing that involves like a family and all these weird, dark, like dynamics that you just don't see coming. And I'm a big fan of stuff like that. I like Jack Nicholson. I like like noirs and thrillers and stuff. And I love a good mystery. And just upon watching it again, I was just like blown away. And I was like, I don't remember enjoying it this much the last time I watched it. But like sometimes it happens. Like you guys ever had that experience? Like you watch a movie and like it's, you, you know, you like it fine. But then like you watch it later on down the road and it's almost like you see it with new eyes and you just see something in it you never saw before. And you're like, no, this is actually amazing. 
Absolutely. Like, this isn't just good. This is, like, fantastic. That's what I've been watching lately. If anybody wants to check it out, I was watching it on Amazon Prime because they have it. It's one of the few movies they have in 4K on there. So if you have the capabilities to watch it in 4K, it looks gorgeous. Check it out because it's been a very, very, very long time since I've seen it. And I remember... It is It is not a family film. I'll say that up front. The, the John the Cena movie is probably kid. one you could watch with the family, I'm guessing. No, but... you cannot watch that. Well, you can't. No. Okay. Okay. Oh, no, he does so many drugs. No, okay. you can't. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, that kind of vacation friends. I see how it is. But yeah, that's what they're trying to hide is all the drugs, man. Don't know. You can't you can't bring the family. Don't bring the kids. <laughs> yeah, that, that, but that was uh, yeah, so I watched that recently. That was just I very, very good. I can't say enough good things about it. I've actually never seen Chinatown. So I believe it's one of those ones that would be, which which is interesting because I actually like noirs and neo noirs and everything. You might but, that would be an interesting one to do because I so, would be interested to get your opinion out. You might like it, but I could also see you not really liking it that. Well, much. here's the crazy thing: it's one of those ones. You know how, like every once in a while, someone to bring up a movie that was so popular, and it is so popular, you're surprised that you never even knew about it before someone like literally brings it up to you or you see it in something that happened to me with that movie. Oh, what's that Tom Cruise movie where, where Tim Robbins plays the devil and it, it's a oh, legend, legend, legend. Yes. With legend. Someone was t- talking to me about legend and I was just like, wait, what? Tim Curry plays the devil. Yeah. Tim Curry. That's right. Tim Curry. That's right. Tim Curry plays the devil. I, I've yep. never, I've never seen this either. Is this, oh, a- it, 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 I, I haven't seen it. Okay, so I haven't I'm, seen it. I've been a fan of Tangerine Dream, which is a mm-hmm. band that does lots of, I used to do a lot of soundtracks for movies. And the only reason I watched Legend is because Tangerine Dream did the soundtrack. And that's it's awesome. probably the only good thing about the movie. Yes, yes, <laughs> that's what I've heard. Well, hold on, hold on. The one other thing I'll say is is the the prosthetic makeup and everything well, for the Tim Curry was cool. He was phenomenal. Yes, his, that, that well, makeup. Tim Curry is always great. I, I just yes, buy any Tim Curry makes anything this role, this role, aside from Dr. Frankenfurter, is probably his absolute best. He was unbelievable in that movie. But, the, the but he couldn't save the movie. He could not, sadly, because it was Tom Cruise in the lead role. <laughs> oh, this was, this was a, it was a fantasy film with like unicorns yeah. and princesses and Tom Cruise. And Tom Cruise just doesn't fit that mold. Yes, yeah, so this was this, this must have been earlier in Cruz's. Career. Yeah, he was. It was just out of uh, risky business and all the right okay. moves. And then the next thing he did was Legend. So that's the thing that that threw me when someone was bringing. Oh yeah, nineteen eighty five. Yeah, wow. They were like, yeah, it was after risky business, and that's that's the part where it was throwing me. I was like, there's no way that this movie came out after risky business. <laughs> yeah, this, this, this looks like this looks like nothing. This looks like nothing that Tom Cruise would ever be in. Right. Oh, yes, the, never the, now, po- the poster looks like it's already like, made that failure once. The poster <laughs> looks like a cross between like like Labyrinth and the Last Starfighter or something. Exactly. Like, like yeah, three ways to describe it. Actually, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. That that looks like nothing that Tom Cruise. And, see, and that's kind of the way it was described to me when they were telling me about it, Will. And so I'm just like, no, none of this. Like, kind of how how you're saying this doesn't look like some Tom Cruise would do. Imagine being told it because you know, like someone was telling me, and I just like. No, you're just making, you're just, and I think even at the time we were like at a party and I'm like, no, you're screwing with me. There's no way this happened. <laughs> now I know what my film is going to be when I do the challenge. <laughs> you will watch this movie. Yeah, you have to experience, I experience it, but you do too. <laughs> so, all right, well, what, you, uh, what have you been watching, Will? So I actually just tried to watch the TV series that I heard so much about. People raved about this thing. It's called Dark on Netflix. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
It's a German I've, series about time travel, right? And I've been saving it. I wanted to make sure it was a time where I could actually really dive into it and really understand it because I heard it was hard to follow and you had to really pay attention. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. <laughs> what they did warn me about is about kids getting tortured and murdered at the same time. Well, I, I couldn't. So interesting. If it w- I, could, I could probably have handled the fact that the kids have their entire eyes burned out and their eardrums burst out through these tortures. What? Yeah, I could have. I, I might have to check this out. This sounds hardcore. It is. When they said dark, they missed that. They, yeah, they didn't say a lie. And it's making us worse. They actually go into a cave for the time travel elements, right? Get it? Dark. It's dark. It's so yes, yes, yes. Got but you. Not, after like, I, I got an episode and a half in, and I looked at my wife and I said, Are you done? And she said, Yep. And we said, Yep. Off. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't that doesn't sound like something that you would like. No, and not only th- it wasn't just the darkness of it, but it was just so damn complicated. There's no need for that, man. I watch TV just to be entertained. I don't need to. I need to try to make a diagram of the stream to figure out how things are coming connecting together. I still have no idea what happened in the in the, in the series. I have no clue. I heard what three, four se- seasons in or something like that. People were raving about it. Oh, this is the best time travel movie. Oh, and I'm a big sci-fi fan. Time travel is a big ticket thing for me. Nobody. Not for me. Not for me. Uh-huh. Definitely uh, don't uh, run to watch it if you don't want to watch it. <laughs> uh, not, I like, but that dark on Netflix, you might, you guys might love it. You might. I was going to say, like, I the time travel thing is like, uh, you know, time travel is not a huge uh, thing for me. But, like, you describing, like, how, like, they, they really go there, like, with the kids and stuff. I'm like, I kind of have to see that. Like, it's not really that I want to see them. Like, that's, it takes a lot of balls to do something like that. I kind of respect yeah. that. I mean, the first thing to, yeah, well, you, I, there's, I'm there's the opposite a, on that. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm kind of at that point where it's, you know, it, it's, it's interesting because I appreciate having the balls to go there, but my thing would be, did you need to, if it served like a real true purpose and so far from the setup that I've heard, if it really disconnects you that much, then it probably wasn't serving a greater story. It's probably seems like it, it seems like something that it was like shocking, to, shocking for the shocking, the, the, the sake of shocking. Yeah, it, it and, just, and it was, it was not a feel good series. <laughs> you know, I gotta be honest with you though. Well, the title doesn't tell me that's one of the, yeah, yeah, it doesn't tell me that either. Like fair point, fair point, fair point. But, but you know, I just, now, in all fairness, I got an episode and a half in, so I may not be giving it, it to do. Or maybe I should have just stuck with it a couple more episodes and tried. But man, this is not the first time I tried sitting through this thing. I, this right. is the second time around. I really sat I, this time. I'm going to do it this time. I got five episodes in last time, and I could not tell you a a single frame of what happened after what I watched yesterday, because you know what? It's too difficult to follow. That's just you know. It's interesting. People always tell me. That And I think it's actually a pretty fair critique because we're talking about television shows and shows are serial. They're expected to go on and on. So honestly, it's like watching one episode is not a good, especially because it's likely a pilot. They're just getting their feel out. They haven't figured out what they are, their identity. You know, you know, and some shows don't even get that in the first season. It's really, that's why most usually second seasons are what really kicks. It, but I, I buy it, but, but here's the thing. If I can't follow the storyline, that it, it, there's a very real possibility or probability that 
by the end of the season, I'm going to turn around and go, what the fuck is going on in this thing? I have no idea. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. right. There's another series that came out a while ago that was about time travel. And they, they played with the timelines and made it really like mind fuck kind of thing. Was it a, a Netflix it, series? It, it, it actually, it's sci-fi. Sci-fi it's series. 12 okay. Monkeys. 12 Monkeys was, 12 a, was a series. The 12 Monkeys. Yeah. That was, yeah. That was so, like the first couple of episodes, they were playing with time, but they tied it all together. So it made sense. Whereas this one is like, mm -hmm. we're, we're going to make you guess until the last episode. And then we're going to tie it all in together. Well, I'm going to have forgotten what the hell I just watched five weeks ago when I, when I started yeah. watching the whole So that doesn't work for me. I see that. I, I'm just I agree with that. Right. Yeah, no, time I, travel I, is a hard concept for me to follow in general sometimes when it's not done a certain way. Like I had that problem when I watched Interstellar. Like I need to go back and rewatch it because I got, I got so, I mean, the movie's beautiful. I love Christopher Nolan. I love the cast. Everything's great about it. But like I got so bogged down by like the science and the physics in that movie that I couldn't. I just couldn't connect to any of the characters or like any, you know, the you watch Tenet. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> you haven't watched it yet? You haven't seen I haven't it yet? No, I haven't watched it yet. You'll have to watch that several times too. That's what yeah. I've heard. The one thing I really liked about Tenet was, uh, uh, and no spoiler on this, but there's a scene where he starts explaining the movie to you and then like, as, like through a character and she literally says, don't try to understand it. Like <laughs> we gotta, like like it was, and I felt like that was him literally telling us, "I get it. I'm saying a lot of stuff right now. We got like three hours, man. Just just be where the rock with me. Just, yeah. just be." <laughs> you know, and if I know yeah. if I know that going in, then I can handle it. Like a three hour movie, right. I can handle. It. But but a, a ten episode series, I'm going to watch over several weeks. Right. You got me lost, man. I can't do it. But I, I understand you. I'm, yeah, it's tough. I, I feel that. I feel that. Well, that was dark on Netflix. We're going to transition now to the main event, which is the this week's movie review. And we've decided to tackle the Suicide Squad for very specific reasons, right? So before we get started, just to give you an idea of if you've been hiding under a rock somewhere, what <laughs> the Suicide Squad is actually about. According to IMDb, it says that... The government sends the most dangerous supervillains in the world, Bloodsport, Peacemaker, King Shark, Harley Quinn, and others, to the remote, enemy-infused island of Corto Maltese. Armed with high-tech weapons, they trek through the dangerous jungle on a search-and-destroy mission with only Colonel Rick Flagg on the ground to make them behave. It's a, it's a better version of a movie that came out five years ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, my, first, my first critique just of that synopsis is the world's <laughs> most dangerous <laughs> right they, they forgot Captain Boomerang they forgot no I'm kidding but yeah so, I mean yeah before I think you need at least a Superman uh, villain on the crew if you're going to call that one good point yeah but Just before one. we get started we want to make that we set the table this we're going to do this in two parts the first part there is no spoilers so there's no danger you can stay stick around if you've not watched the movie stick around and, and listen to the, to the conversation at some point, we'll put up the red flag and say, okay, from this point on, spoilers abound. And that's the point where you can stop it and go watch the movie and come back and finish it up afterwards. But for now, no spoilers allowed. So I think this, this is three parts going to be shorter because there's a lot of spoiler stuff that we need to talk about in this movie. More than likely. That's probably going to be the same with every episode that we do. But let's just get the initial reactions. Nick. What was your first thought when you saw The Suicide Squad? I liked it. I, I, I have seen the original that this one is kind of, and it's funny because this movie is really like it's it's a 
it's a remake, but it's not. It's like a sequel and a remake. And if you've seen the first movie, it, I think this one's actually a little bit more enjoyable because they do some things in the beginning of the movie that are kind of a sort of subtle yet not so subtle like uh, nod to the first movie in certain ways. But overall, I liked it. Um, I enjoyed, I mean, I loved Cena. I loved King Shark. I loved like all of the, the, the characters that were new that they brought to it. I loved that they kept who everybody universally agreed was the best part of the first movie, which was Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. I liked Idris Elba. The, the tone of it, I liked. You know, the violence was like, it was, it's very violent, but it's like cartoony violent. Like it's, mm. it, it's the context of the violence is funny. And, and I like that. James Gunn is a very talented dude. I'm glad they put it in his hands because, like, I'm a big fan of Guardians of the Galaxy and being a filthy comic book casual. Before I saw Guardians of the Galaxy, I never, I didn't know who the Guardians of the Galaxy were, nothing about it. But when I saw Guardians of the Galaxy at the time, that became my favorite Marvel movie at that time just because I loved what he did with it. I thought the tone was great. His use of music. Yeah, I, I thought it was great. I, it, Rotten Tomatoes, I think, gave it like a 91. I don't know if I'd put it quite that high. That's a little that's a little generous, I think. But I think it was a definite improvement over the first one. Like, you know, I'd give it a solid 8 out of 10, I think. All right. All right. Fair enough. Tom, do you agree? I freaking love this movie. Let me just say, let me, for, for, for a couple of different reasons that I'll get into really heavily in the spoiler part. But first off, I'm I'm a James Gunn fan, and probably one of my favorite movies of his is actually Super, a movie that he did before where it was it was a superhero movie, but it, it the fact that it was this unknown superhero that he had that he told this whole other story with, I always and was so visual for such a you know smaller movie that what it was that really let me know that when he got the Suicide Squad that really excited me with the fact that he was actually at Warner Brothers, because here's the one thing. For all the things that I don't like about Warner Media, and, and you know, as a Snyder <laughs> fan, I'm very, very vocal about them on that. If anybody's Facebook friends with Tom that listens to this, you can attest to that fact. You, you know, I just, me and, me and Warner, Warner Media owes me an apology letter. Anyway. I <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't have a seat while you wait for that. Yeah, <laughs> they've, they've made that very clear. So, but, and I'll actually get to my point on that later about Suicide Squad too. But here, my thing is that they, they have this thing over there where they just really kind of take the reins off of the directors until they get into post. Do you see what I'm saying? They will really let <laughs> a director go make the movie they want it to make. Then they'll bring it back and they'll be like, you can't do that. And then they give them something different that they chopped up and then people crap on it and then but here's the thing i don't feel that anybody stopped james gunn from making the movie he wanted to make this time around you see what i'm saying like like if anything i don't feel like they really learned their lesson from the snyder cut situation but i think what they've decided was they knew they weren't gonna let this become another snyder cut a or cut something where they felt where fans complained and felt that they the director wasn't able to give them their vision. So that this way, fail or success, and we'll talk about that in a minute, you know, James Gunn's movie got to be seen. And I personally think it was very good. I think it'll be one of the highlights of John Cena's career. I think it's the best movie that yes. best movie movie that John Cena's been in, as far as I'm concerned. I agree um, with that. 
I agree. And with that. I think this is, I think it will be a cult go down as that. It's as there are a lot of DC films that are cult favorites. They just aren't <laughs> Will's face. Hits, hits. <laughs> so I know, let's get to let's get ready for it. Let's get ready for it. Will, my friend. Let's, let's hear the dissenting opinions for Chief Justice <laughs> Will Rodriguez. <laughs> Chief Justice Will Rodriguez. Yeah. So, so I will say, I, if, I, I will admit that I probably need to go watch this movie again. Okay. Because I don't know what the fuck you guys are talking about. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. I mean, so I, I too am a fan of his, John Cena and the director, but mm -hmm. I was not prepared for what I saw. Right. So first, I'm okay. I was I was a fan of the of the Suicide Squad, the original run, the old strainer run in the comics. Mm. So I I'm a fan of Colonel Flag and all those cast of characters from the original run. So I was excited to have an actual filmmaker who did such a great job with the Guardians of the Galaxy, bring them to life on screen. Because to Nick's point, we had one before and it was an abomination. Mm. So here I am really excited and that might be part of the problem because i was so excited same thing happened to me when i first watched the the 1985 or 86 whatever it was or 88 88 batman with michael keaton i was so batman i'm sorry you didn't yeah. like you didn't wait a minute well this, this is going to, hold on i just want to prepare myself i need a second okay all right, go ahead, Will. <laughs> I, I was, I was a, I was such a Batman fan at the time that I was so stoked for this movie that the first time I saw it, I was severely disappointed because it could not, it could not ever live up to my expectations. Then I went back and watched it a second time and fell absolutely mad over, head over heels in love with it. Thank God. Okay, we got there. All right. Yeah. <laughs> there. No need to do a divorce just yet. Okay. Now, I'm assuming the same thing has happened with me with the Suicide Squad. I was so pumped to watch this movie that I was so drastically disappointed from what I saw. And another reason why that could happen is because I was sitting next to my wife while we were watching it. Mm. And every time someone's face blew off, she like, <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so, so, yeah. <sighs> I, it's hard to enjoy a movie when your wife is struggling with it. When she says, I don't think I can watch this. And the That's fact fair. is, I don't laugh a lot at movies unless she's watching with me. So I take her to all the Marvel movies because if you know my wife, man, her laugh could be heard three miles away. She mm -hmm. makes that whole experience so much better for me. So I knew this dude was directed Guardians of the Galaxy. I knew this thing was going to be funny. I wanted, I wanted her there to, so that I could laugh. Mm -hmm. And when she said, turns to me, she goes, I don't think I can watch this devastated me because I was so desperately wanted to watch this movie that yeah. then my whole mindset got thrown off. That's, that's a tough one. When you're with, when you're with your, your wife or your significant other, whoever, and like, you really want to share that experience and they just aren't feeling it. It, yeah, that's tough. That's a tough, that's a tough dynamic and, and I have to overcome. But I got to ask, like, I want to ask real quick. Have you seen super will? I have. You have. I have. Okay. Yep. So. As someone who's seen Super, I thought he remember how violent I, I thought I thought he he'd moved graduated. No, he just got hired by Disney. You can't do that over there. 
just like his tweets had mellowed out i was hoping that his directing had mellowed out too well, he did well I, he didn't make any like you know any of those jokes or anything in it like i'm saying what the violent part though i knew i knew the moment they said james gunn suicide squad i already know well if you know Suicide Squad, that means at some point somebody's head is going to explode. Sure. Period. Yeah. That, yeah. We already know that. Slipknot. Right? We know there's there's so many ways to do that. But if you've seen Super, you already know how James Gunn is going to do Yes. <laughs> you you, you was, know how he's going to do And I was just as uncomfortable watching Super as I was at Suicide Squad. I, I, I agree. But my thing is this. It's kind of like when you 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 prescribe to watch a show called Dark, and then it gets dark in James. <laughs> you can't sign up for James Gunn's The Suicide Squad, and then when he's James Gunn, you go, man, I don't know why. Well, and, and also, and also it's, it's rated R, right? Like It's very rated. It's yeah, so, I mean, so it's like you know what it's rated going into it. Fair points. All of those are fair points, but I was not prepared. The James yeah. Gunn, the last James Gunn that I saw was Guardians of the Galaxy. So that's kind of what I was expecting. I was all like, yeah, baby. Even though Suicide Squad, the comics, was not like Guardians of the Galaxy. It was not lighthearted. It was not funny. It was not fun. It was mm-hmm. hardcore. Mm-hmm. So he actually did probably the better Suicide Squad than I was expecting, but I wasn't prepared for it. Sure. So yeah, you know it's no funny because you know Lindsay Lohan used to work for Disney too. Will <laughs> <laughs> I see a pattern in Virginia? We know how that turned out. <laughs> I'm just saying, I, I I I see I see all of your points, and I see what you're saying. And what I think really, like, I think you nailed what you probably should do, and that's watch the movie now with this yeah. fresh lens mm-hmm. yeah. to see it with and a it, new lens kind of like how nick you know came back and fell in love with chinatown, chinatown i think yeah. if you watch it with the right expect since now you know what you're getting yourself into yeah. and i purposely did not watch it again prior to our recording this because i wanted to give my my initial i appreciate that is more now I can go back <laughs> and I can go back and report on it after I've watched it again because it's happened many, many times where I will mm-hmm. watch a film and my anticipation is so through the roof that I'm just like disappointed. And I come back and watch it a second time and go, what was what what was wrong with me? Like I, that's how I felt about Spider-Man Homecoming. Like, interesting. For me, like I just was like, which which is funny because I really like Tom Holland as Spider-Man now. Like I really like everything. But when I saw the first one, I thought it was, I was like, that's fine. Mm. I guess yeah. it was fine. I think but my lot. expectations of it were so because you know the amazing Spider-Man movies were just like at, at best they were pretty mediocre. They were fine. It was pretty that, pretty. You want to talk about fine? The amazing yeah, Spider-Man no, movies they were fine. they were fine. <laughs> they they never got above fine. Everything right, yeah. hit fine, and that was the plateau. They were the okay. they, they were the vacation friends of the it superhero was, genre. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's they, exactly it. They would color. Everything was in focus. You know, right, right. Everything was in focus. It was technically sound. Yeah. Anyway, though they had pacing issues. Yeah. But if you went to the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies, mm-hmm. they were so great that I was this idea that, well, yes, the first two. Yeah. First. I, I, you know the, I the third movie. Here's how good Sam Raimi's first two Spider-Man movies were. 
that they kind of get done the same way the Matrix does for me, where that first movie was so good that I just roll everything that happened into those movies <laughs> into just the Matrix as a franchise. And then people go, yeah, but what about these movies? I'm like, yeah, 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 I know they suck. But the good things out of those okay. belong with the Matrix. <laughs> as a sci-fi fan, I take offense to that because I actually, it, the, the all three Matrix movies were totally different. If you take them just as standalone science fiction movies, I mm -hmm. loved the third one. That's the one that people hate the most, and I loved it. Oh I my thought God. it was <laughs> Why? Why, Will? Will? Will, you don't understand. Here's the thing. Here's the crazy thing, all right? Even when you and I have, agree on an unpopular opinion, right? Because I'm going to say something crazy here in a second. I love the Matrix movies. My favorite one is the second <laughs> I love Reloaded. I love you like the you like the because weird rave in hell scene while well, Dio uh, and Trinity are like. You know why? You know why? Sex. Very first, honestly, my very first lesson in film appreciation was about that scene, and not not that, and and it was because they were like, "What is the point?" Well, you, no, no, you would was, need to teach me how to appreciate it as well. Let so explain, I let me explain. I, let, me explain <laughs> let me explain. Let me explain because I love that scene. I love that scene. I can't bring that scene up and not defend it. Here's the thing. There's no other point in the entire Matrix trilogy where you ever see the people of Zion actually enjoying being alive. That is the only point that happens. Otherwise, the life that you see Zion has, what the hell are they fighting for? Leave me in the Matrix. <laughs> Leave me in the Matrix. That's an interesting spin. I'll give you that. Uh, no, nah, it's real, man, because you got to remember, it was all done at the same time. There's like no other point. That is the only point where they love. You also, that's where you get the weird, like, sex scene thing. The whole point is the theology of the scene makes so much sense. Your problem with it is probably execution. Yeah. I mean, well, because to me, generally speaking with, and I'm speaking very generally, but to me, generally speaking, execution is what matters at the end of the day, because that's what I see as a viewer like you can have the greatest idea the in first the world time. well i'm just saying like in like with any movie like execution is everything like you can have the greatest idea in the world but if you don't execute it well who cares well true but my thing is that you know the, the thing with the execution of it is execution would be one of those things that you lack it because of the way that you perceived it because there's a perception thing you're talking sure. about the subjectivity. Oh, it's totally all subjective. Three of us watch like, all these wrong. different movies. Well, well, yeah, no, 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 no. But I'm saying, but if there's, if the true intent behind it is there, then the part where you lose people is the execution. But that also is kind of where the intent can bring people in. Like me, I hated that scene. I hated that scene so much that I like, that was the one thing that I would be the first thing I would complain about. And then it took someone else to explain to me, like kind of to, to really kind of think about the theology and everything there with the characters and everything you see. And when they laid it out there to me and they were like, yeah, what, what's the point of living if life's like the way you see Zion every other time other than that particular scene? There, there's no point where they enjoy each other or themselves. And we know it's hard to fit that into that movie, the style that it is and everything. So it is kind of jarring, but you also kind of need it in a way. So, and, and it, it, for, for telling that, that human part of the story. Anyway, we talked too enough. much about The Matrix. <laughs> that's that's what. <laughs> so, uh, reeling everybody, let's get reeling everybody back. Reeling in. back, yeah, yeah. Nice. Spoiler, <laughs> spoiler alert time. It's spoiler <laughs> alert time. Yeah, so let's yeah, go ahead. I don't think we can talk uh, much more about the movie without going into spoilers. So let's go ahead and roll 
the spoiler alert from this point forward we are no holds barred if you've not watched the movie please go ahead and put us on pause and co-watch the movie and come back and watch it because yeah. otherwise we will spoil the movie for you can't believe us for anything God. from here on out we've made it very clear <laughs> <laughs> yeah you yeah, already ruined chinatown so why not this one too i didn't ruin chinatown all right so you did ruin China. I haven't seen it. <laughs> no, you have no. You truck. You have no idea. If you watch that, but you have no idea where that movie ends up. But anyway, yeah. So the spoilers. So like, sp let's get into the specific nitty gritty. Like, there was a line. I have to say, when I was watching this, I thought about you, Tom, because there was a line, and I don't. I, I'm probably going <laughs> to paraphrase it here, and you might even know what I'm talking about already. There was a line in the movie when oh, they go into that when they go into that camp. And they like kill literally everybody in that in that camp. I love that At, scene. Like, yeah, <laughs> I love that scene. But so it's like John Cena and Idris Elba basically like having a pissing contest of like who can like kill right, people try out like to each other. Cool, yeah. And at the end of it, there's that there's that moment where they they and you might remember it better than me, but there's that line where they have that exchange about how like it looked really dope or whatever, and Idris Elba's just like, yeah, Idris Elba's just like, fuck, he's right, it is dope. And I was like, that is a Tom line. If I've ever heard it, like, I just imagined you laughing your ass off at that. Because I'm like, if Tom made this movie, I, like, dude, that is a line dude. that he would put in that movie. Because that's such a, that is a There Tom would be so moment. much infamous. That would, yes. There's there's two lines that are flat out lines. That, that I'm glad you thought of me when you saw it. Yeah, that, that was literally the first wow. thing that popped into my head. I was like, I, I bet Tom loved that part. Because... I love that line, and then my other line that that is like hands down like one of my favorite ones in there uh, was "Peacemakers." Oh God, please don't! She's, and she, Not she said, "I know you hate it. I know you hate it." And she's like, "And she's like, well, why are you doing this to me?" He said, "Because I'm thorough." And I was like, yeah. "That is so that was good." Line I was that good. I thought because it's so because it like the thing for me was this: if you're like a if you're like a pro wrestling fan right it's what john cena represented for his time as a pro wrestler he was the poster boy he was the company man he was going the guy that when he walked out there he was never going to say a single thing that vince mcmahon didn't want him to say right. even if he knew where the fans were he was going to pull them back like sheep right where vince wanted them he's <laughs> going to do exactly what vince wanted so when he stood there I knew he was, I, I, I already knew, I mean, if you know, if you know, what's her name, Amanda Waller, you knew there was somebody there with an ulterior motive. Yes. I already was thinking to myself, it's definitely Peacemaker because John Cena's a company man. <laughs> <laughs> she picked him out. Very so when true. he said, and he looked at because I'm Thorough, I said, there is never a line that has more defined John Cena to me than that right there. I'm Thorough. And then he was yeah. like, yeah, I'll kill this chick. Because I was told to. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're, that is 100% right. I'm interested to know from Will's perspective, since we're in the spoiler part, like, what did you like yeah, about yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, since, yeah. Since you, since you talked about things you didn't like, I'm curious what you, I'm sure you found something to like about it while you watched it, I would, I would imagine. Yeah, what did you like, man? You can't hate it. There was too much good there. Uh... <laughs> Look at him. He's struggling, though. I, I am because you guys are expounding love on Peacemaker, the character that killed Colonel Rick Flagg, and I cannot abide by that. Oh, yeah. No, he was horrible, bro. <laughs> he was horrible. No, I mean, John Cena's total villain, but, like, I loved it. 
Yeah, I did. I did. I did. So, so there, there is you. There is one one character that I actually liked a lot, and that was uh, King Shark. I thought I thought he was he was yeah. fun. How could you not? Like, how could you not? I, I thought some of the the one liners that John Cena kept dropping, the one about the, the the bag of dicks on the beach. I mean that 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 was all like. Uh, it's also very Cena, that's, and it's also very Cena. Like that is. I feel like Cena would say. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I, and I did love being able to see Starro on screen for the first time ever. That was pretty great. And I honestly didn't expect to get that until the, I think it was like the, actually it was one trailer where they had it there and I said, are they going to put Starro in the movie? Starro's in the movie? I saw, and I was kind of surprised. I saw a still, a uh, production uh -huh. still, where there was a reflection on someone's glasses or something and you could see someone lying on the ground with a Starro, uh, starfish on his face. And that's when I knew uh -huh. Starro was coming in. The problem is they made Starro into a big Steve Puff Marshmallow Man from Ghostbusters, and that's where they lost me because no, Star Starro is badass. If you know the history of Starro, he was a and first. I, see, I don't, so oh, I he, liked it because Star I have no clue what this is. Starro's not badass in this movie. No, he well, he was a Steve Puff Marshmallow Man. He was dancing with big, but big guy, right? But but Starro was. Yeah, I will not let you sit here and and besmirch the good goddamn name of the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. All right, I love that's Ghostbusters. Fair. That's fair, Nick. That's fair, Nick. Look, I'm just saying. No, I look, and from the comic book perspective, I get it because, admittedly, I know nothing about the Suicide Squad comics. But I kind of, I was like, it kind of reminded me of the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man a little bit. So I agree with you, but I liked it. But I also thought, like, with the starfish, I was like, this kind of reminds me of like I remember when Watchmen came out. And I had read Watchmen, so I was familiar with the source material. And I was like, I really, and of course, we didn't get the giant squid at the end. I was like, this for me is kind of my giant squid moment that I never got in Watchmen. <laughs> There's like this random gigantic starfish that's like fucking everybody up. And I love it. <laughs> like, it's hilarious. Y'all kind of let that giant squid go. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> you want to see the giant squid, watch the, the Watchmen TV show on HBO. I do need to do that. They, they do have I'm the giant squid great. in there. It's a great, here's my thing. This is, let me, let me, let me just tell you about the giant squid real quick. Okay. <laughs> the, 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 the Watchmen TV show is fantastic, but if there's anything that that movie or that show proved to me about the giant squid, it's that it would have felt just as freaking out of place in that movie as it did in the show. Because even in the show, when they try to just explain it and make it part of the thing, it still didn't really factor in to the actual plot of the show. It just was a thing that happens that they would bring up that happened previously before. You see what I'm saying? Like, well, with the, well, the dimensional thing and then the, the, the teleporting, well, that's getting into all of it. But my yeah. whole point is, my point, my point on it is the actual squid itself you see what I'm saying? The part where it's the actual squid, mm. that part was not as important to really the storyline. And so I just feel like, you know, again, with Watchmen, I think I think uh, Watchmen, especially the director's cut, is a freaking masterpiece. Back off. <laughs> we'll fight. <laughs> what, what, were some of your, what are some of your other spoiler thoughts, Will, on the movie? Yeah. The perspective of someone who didn't particularly enjoy yeah. the first viewing. Because actually, I want to know specifically, you know, Will, I, I mean, Nick asked a really nice question about finding out what you liked. Mm -hmm. I want you to give me like spoiler straight in there. What was it beyond just the fact that, you know, your wonderful wife could not watch it with you anymore? <laughs> so, remember in the first Suicide Squad movie where they brought in Slipknot just to show that they can blow off his face or his head or whatever? Yeah. 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 I kind of felt like the entire first squad 
got done away with entirely too quickly. Yes. Like just it was a throwaway. Captain Boomerang, the Weasel, all those all those characters who I thought, oh, oh this this is a good group, man. This is gonna be a pretty kick-ass mission or or movie, whatever. Within twelve seconds, all of them except for what Rick Flag, I think was the only guy, and Harley. And, well, yeah, and Harley, because they're never going to do her. And by the way, Harley Quinn was not in the original Suicide Squad. They were in, she was right. in the new version, which sucks. So uh, I'm not a huge fan of ha having Harley Quinn in the in the Suicide Squad. But there were some so many missed opportunity with those characters that they could have weasel. He freaking drowns, and he's out of the movie for the whole the rest. That of was it. actually genuinely kind of sad. That was like he the only thing you're stalling me. Not if you watch the after credit scene. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. After yeah. credit, he's alive. But I mean, in the moment, though, I know. But in the moment, I'm saying just when I saw him. Does he have a bomb in his head? Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah I guess he would. Hmm. I, but I got to say, I liked that. I liked that they killed all those people off in the beginning. Because, And this is just my take on it. Maybe I'm reading too much into this. But this is how I took it. I took it as like this first team. This is These are like avatars for people who are in the first movie. And we know that you hated the first movie. So we're killing all these people as like a representation of like, fuck the first movie. They're all gone. And then because after that, you get your new team where it's like, right. here's the people in this movie, which is way yeah. better kind of thing. And I, and I get that. But the, the good thing about the comic was that the team went in and you genuinely didn't know who was making it out alive. So when this team went in and none of them, none of, none of them got out alive. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's it's just not as much fun right the stakes are like okay well fuck. and then the second team comes on okay well all these motherfuckers are probably gonna die too so why should i get invested in these characters <laughs> that was actually kind of perfect right? that's what i loved about it well i i, I but, but the, here's the thing if you fall in love with a character then you've got stakes and in, in, how in, in, did you fall in love with any of these characters they were in the movie for 10 minutes dude from reading captain <laughs> boomerang comics from my entire childhood i mean captain, captain right. boomerang died that was but the it was the captain it was the first off first off fuss <laughs> sorry uh, nick i'm sorry you you you're sitting over here thinking to yourself who the hell is Captain Boomerang, right? Yeah. Because yeah, I only know him from the crappy, the crappy, you know, because he's, he's a dirty casual. Correct. Okay. Correct. Let me tell you, as someone who is a comic book fan, no one cares about Captain Boomerang. Okay, here's the thing. Here's the thing. If anybody <laughs> cared about Captain cares. Boomerang, if anybody cared about Captain Boomerang, Jai Courtney would still have a career. My point is, <laughs> I'm getting to, okay? There's a reason why he was specifically on that squad to die. If there was anything vital about Captain Boomerang that they could sell this movie on, he would have survived the first one just like Rick Flagg and Harley Quinn did. And what I love is the idea that you just pointed out. You said the thing about reading the comic was like, you never know if they're going to make it out alive. Well, when you're following this entire squad and you only see this squad and you see Rick Flagg from the last movie and you see Harley Quinn from the last movie and you see Captain Boomerang from last movie, this is the Suicide Squad. Mm -hmm. And then when they all die almost immediately, with the exception of those two, for me, that created exactly what you're saying was the fact that, oh, my God, these guys could be gone at any minute. Yeah. So like you said, well, like your whole thing was, how am I supposed to invest in these characters if I know they could be gone any minute? I was like, that's exactly the feeling you said you wanted from the comic. So I would agree with you, except for the fact that when all of them die in 12 seconds, there's no <laughs> there's no drama there, right? Uh, at least wow. you know, if you're going to kill off Captain Boomerang, you like kill them off and then have the rest of them survive. And then there's, they're like stakes. Okay. Then they go back in and then someone else maybe gets really, the, the, the point is if they're all going to die in 12 seconds, 
That's the only reason they were there. I don't understand how anybody didn't know that going in. Because I, I actually called this like a wrestling match like <laughs> months ago. Okay, when they were walking out on the thing, I said, I'll tell you, I, I'll tell you why. Because in the what? comics, routinely, the, this entire team would go in and like three or four of them would die and then the rest of them would come back and then they'd go out on another suicide mission and they just restock the supplies of villains and then some other people would die and it could be, but there was always a core group that you were worried and inevitably one or two of that core group would die but there's there's that's returning characters exactly what happens all die at the same time that it doesn't that didn't that, no no they didn't all die because <laughs> your core they, group Rick Flag and Harley, who we can sell this movie on, live people, so that they can get mixed with more villains that we threw in later on the other side of the island. <laughs> was was Harley Quinn? See, she's the only one, and 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 it, it just it didn't play for me because right there was no anticipation, there was no drama, there was no oh my god, I'm worried because oh crap, they all died. Like it's all done. Well, I'll give you, I'll give you this. I didn't read a lot of Suicide Comics itself. But, but I fell in love with story. Uh, <laughs> well, don't do that. You and I both know there are no suicide squad graphic novels. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you look only right. Okay. Only right. Okay. But the thing was uh, for me is I, I got introduced to the Suicide Squad, and it is actually my favorite episode of Justice League Unlimited when they break into the watchtower and everything there because. But it, it had never crossed my mind before because that episode actually plays out like a heist movie, kind of like Ocean's Eleven. And the idea of supervillains were doing a heist and everything there, getting stealing from the Justice League. Like, that was like a really cool idea. So that's how I got into the idea of the Suicide Squad and following there. But here's the thing. In every single animated version of the Suicide Squad, there is a whiplash. And yep. by that, I mean there's one person who goes out there and tries to ignore... Amanda Waller in one episode and one uh, thing I saw, I believe it was actually King Shark himself, uh, definitely KG Beast before, but they'll walk off and decide they're not going to do what Amanda Waller said. And this is how we showed them by boom, here's the bomb, right? But instead of that, so I'm used to uh, someone in the Suicide Squad dying very early on immediately. But when they, sh I saw the cast list of how many people were in this movie and how many of them were playing these roles. I immediately said, a bunch of these people are going to die really early on in this movie, right off the bat. And then even the way it was done, though, kind of bait and switched me in a way I more appreciated because I knew them dying was predictable for me. The idea that the other team had been sent separately, because I thought they were just going to send another team like next week. Not, they sent two. <laughs> right. And that's what I thought too. You know, remember like yeah. the slasher movies, Friday the third, thirteenth, Halloween, all those movies where yep. one yep. by one they get taken out and the and the, mm -hmm. the stress, yeah. the the anticipation is what is what keeps you on the edge of your toes. Is that one by one, you don't know which one's gonna go next. That's yeah. kind of what I was hoping for. Not a right. well, one I, and I and I boom, you're dead. And I agree with that. I agree with that in the context of those films. For this one, because I, I think part of the fundamental issue, at least for for you, Will, I think is because you're coming from the comic books. Like, because I knew nothing about the comic mm. books, but I knew a lot about the first movie. I knew how I felt about the first movie. And like, to me, <laughs> this movie was kind of, it, I mean, the movie is the movie. And it's like, it's, there's, I, like I said, I think that was also their intent with that scene. I mean, I could be reading too much into it, but to me, it was like, that was just them saying, hey, 
The first movie yeah. sucked. Here's our visual representation of it. And for me, it worked because all I know is the movies. And I did think the first movie sucked. So I was like, yeah, good. Kill those people. I don't care about I don't think. People. I don't I honestly. I honestly don't think that's what James Gunn was doing because he's a pretty. I don't know if there's one thing you notice from this movie and if you've seen Super or anything there. He's a pretty on the nose guy when he's making a reference to something. So I don't know. I think it would have been more kind of more obvious. Although I guess maybe that could be it. The fact that Captain Boomerang was on the team and died and then the two viable stars you had from it, you kept. Because well, that was the other thing about Harley, this movie that I thought. Because yeah, Harley survived and the other, like they were the only right. ones that were kept. So it was like. Her and Flag. Yeah, so that so you might actually be on to something there, Nick. But my thing that I really thought was weird was that this movie wouldn't just honestly just be the sequel that it was saying. Because the one thing was this. Once the movie starts and you actually get into the movie, it's quite obvious that it's a sequel. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Whereas yeah. before, a lot of people were always kind of questioning, is it a sequel, is it a remake? It's like a sequel remake. It's yeah, that's, definitely yeah, that's not what I was saying earlier. Fine. It's a combination. It's like a hybrid. Yeah. Yeah. In a way that I think, and I think, I think they lost people on that because there were some people, some people wanted a sequel, people who really wanted a sequel, but thought this was a remake. They probably weren't that interested in seeing the movie. And that's probably part of why, you know, it's considered more of a bomb and everything along with COVID and all the other problems. That, mm. And then is, I think it people who want it. Is, they did consider it a bomb. It's considered it, but it's considered a box office bomb because kind of, of the, also almost unfairly in a way. As far yeah, because it's on HBO cause, Max. Because I guess that's where most yeah, people watched it. That's where I yes, watched it. Was it's on also, HBO Max. Yeah, that's where most people. I watched it twice on HBO Max. So I'm like, you showed them. <laughs> Here's my thing. A lot of people. I know that the 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 movie theater industry hates on HBO Max for their day and day releases and everything. I have to say, I really appreciated that as a consumer. There was nothing that made me more. I was already going to get HBO Max, but that definitely made it. I, I probably would have dropped it by now if it weren't for that, to be quite honest. Once mm -hmm. I got the Snyder Cut and everything, and, you know, I was pretty much, they haven't really released a whole lot of just great HBO Max content that isn't, connected to you know their day and day releases and everything as well from my like you know but i appreciated it having to stay home and everything so i really liked it yeah. but i think that really did hurt their box office a lot oh i'm sure it did. But i think there was a lot of things that hurt their box office i think wb needs to actually recognize that they might have a little bit of an issue with their fan base because I think they've got, they're leaning towards having a broken franchise with the DC universe. Oh, yeah. Because here's the problem. Say what you will for Snyder Cut fans and the Snyder people and everything there. But they're honestly a much more sizable group than what people probably thought. That being said, they're not big enough to really take on the whole fandom itself to be depended on for the entire universe, right? No, but they've also felt so burned by this company and this franchise as it is, they're not really giving any chances to the new stuff. That's because okay. they gave the reins to a guy who didn't understand the characters he was doing. I, I, wait, 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 wait. No, which, no we're gonna which fight. When are we talking about? We're, now? we're gonna fight. We're gonna talk. We're gonna fight. I know you're talking. I know you're talking about Snyder. Yes, I but, am. But okay, so you're not talking about James. But that's not the part I'm talking about. What I'm talking about that that's. That's more of a subjective thing. No, nope. uh, what I'm talking about is more the, the objective. Fans, no. <laughs> <laughs> the, 
more, more what I'm talking about is more specifically the fans, the people who are Snyder fans. There's a lot of them. Okay. And there's enough of them that they're going, they're becoming a problem in the sense that, Hey, we wanted this thing and we vocally really want this thing. And when people as fans come and tell you, we really vocally want this and you say no. Okay. And you piss off enough of them. You don't even need to piss off all of them. But let's just say 50% of the Snyder fans are out. Okay? Just 50% of them. You get half of them back, you still got yourself a problem. You see what I'm saying? Because you've got these other people who are there. And there's, there's a lot of people who just didn't want any of the Snyder stuff. Right? But there's just, again, there's not enough of them to make up what you need as well to be a box office draw as well. But the thing is, I really, really enjoyed the Suicide Squad. I think they have a good thing there with what James Gunn did. I really hope that, I hope that the Peacemaker series does well on HBO Max. So I will say when I, when I saw the movie and I saw at first that Peacemaker had died, I was, I was like, I'm so not watching that series. I can't stand prequels. I can't do it. Right. I can't do it. But then, lo and behold, okay, now you got my attention again. Yeah, I, I'm in the same boat with you. I was not interested in the prequel series. I didn't want to root for this guy that I know ends up being, you know, this horrible person. You've got a better chance of giving me the horrible person and then convincing me down the line, like, hey, dude, you're horrible, but, you know, still care about what you're doing for whatever reason. Right. This is cool. <laughs> you know, and in and in the comics, that Peacemaker was a whack job, just like the, he was, was a whack job in the movie. So um, that yeah. that might be might, might be interesting, but we'll see. I hope they play more into his helmet though, because that thing has always been just like weird. And that's the thing: his helmet. <laughs> the Peacemaker never took off his helmet. That's why I'm yeah. saying that when we talk about John Cena and the yeah, thing, that was one of those things. Ah, right, right. I so see. if John Cena has to have his face shown, he's not the thing, because. Just like Judge Dredd That's and every actor when still yeah, keep, but yeah. All, so what's his face? Urban, Urban, he right? Did it? He did not. He, did he, he kept the, the entire the time. He's committed to the character, yeah. right? So yeah. yeah, if he's committed to the character, peacemaker, he never takes on helmet off. But and he was a much better. He was a much well. Better look, if if there's anything that us wrestling fans know about John Cena, he is committed to the character. He's committed to the character, but he's also committed to his image and that money. And I right. think that John Cena is going to need you to see and know that he's in this movie. I, I think mean, the dude, the dude wore the costume all over the, like he stole it and like was wearing it when he didn't even have to wear it. Like, <laughs> yes, he is very my committed. Thing, my thing is with that character, what Will's, what Will's pointing out, which I'll give him, Peacemaker never took the helmet off. It was like a weird thing with him right. about this helmet. Like when he would become Peacemaker, you know, cause he, you know, you know how DC is, you know, I know, I know you're a casual, so you don't understand the secret identities. So in Marvel, they, they like, it's almost like nobody has secret identity. Everybody knows who everybody is yeah. for the most part and everything. Whereas in DC, like in the actual, com everybody had secret identities and Peacemaker actually comes from Carlton comics. If I'm Carlton, yep. Yep. Yeah, Carlton. And so. He does have a secret identity thing. So it was always a big thing with his mask, his helmet being on. Now, the one thing that I guess you could storyline give them that makes sense here is that he's already in jail. Everybody would already know who he is anyway, mm -hmm. but it still was kind of a weird, like I said, when I said that 
a peacemaker had a weird connection to his helmet. He's connected to that helmet, man. But it went it went much more, much further than just the fact that he was hiding a secret identity. Like his yes, his helmet was his thing, his powers. Like it, 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 it he talked to it. Like it was, it was an entity. It was, a, it was, a, it was another character. Yeah, and they didn't, they didn't use that in the movie at all. He, yeah, because he was kind of crazy. Peacemaker was Peacemaker has a screw loose in the comics. Okay? Yeah, for sure. You know, and obviously John Cena has a screw loose in this movie, but it's more of the violent and, you know, more of the violence type, more of the, hey, I'm a bad guy kind of thing. Whereas there, there, there are parts of that that are definitely in the Peacemaker comic and everything, but he's more kind of on the lines of Moon Knight, like he's insane. There's there's a, right. something wrong in yeah, there. Yeah, totally. You know, yeah. He he, and he he represented that that crazy over the top, like libertarian. You know, yeah. You you tear my guns from my cold dead body, kind of yeah. um, militaristic kind of guy. And it was it was it was a, a take on that, right? And it was really interesting because they they had a lot of commentary with the character, which they James Gunn kind of. I don't want to say the word ruined because I don't want to hurt your feelings, but. Well, I don't think he, let's give, it was one movie and there was a billion characters and he's got an entire series that James Gunn also did. Let's give him a time. <laughs> Just abject silence. All right. Any any last minute words of wisdom you guys want to impart on this, on this movie? Cause we, we've run quite, quite a bit over. Yeah. You got some editing to do. Uh, that's fine. I mean, I, it's good. I mean, like if you're if you're inclined to watch, I mean, it's violent. It's you know, it's rated R. You know that going in. But I mean, if you're inclined to watch a movie like this, I recommend it. I think it's fun. If you saw the first one and did not like it, I I think you'll probably like this one better. If you saw the first one and liked it, um, I would suggest you go see a doctor. But um, <laughs> that's yeah. No, I mean, I, I recommend it overall. Yeah, I'd, I'd recommend people see it. It's because Jared Leto's in it, isn't You know, that's that is a conversation for another time, but don't don't on Jared Leto. That would yes, that would get yes. How I hate him. Count let me count the way. <laughs> All right. Well, so the consensus is genuinely, I have heard most people have said that they really liked it. I know I'm in a minority and I will watch it again and report back because the likelihood that I'll like it is probably fairly high knowing now what I'm going into. All right. Well, gentlemen, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me about movies. It's what I love to do the most. And this was fun. Yeah. I had a good time. Thanks for listening. Yeah. You know, and I'm really, I'm really excited to hear what you think when you get a chance to, to watch suicide squad again with fresh eyes. Yeah. So yeah. you're talking about the suicide squad, right? Not the, the suicide squad, the not, suicide not, squad. not suicide. Squad. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Things yeah. are clarifying. Yeah. Yes. All right. Well, for those of you listening, thanks for, tuning in if you would like to subscribe to the show and share it with your friends people who you think will enjoy the the conversation we would love that as a starting as we're as the show that's just starting we need all the help we can get so if you have any questions for us our contact information will be in the show notes so please feel free to reach out to us we'd love to hear from you let us know did you like the suicide squad uh, have you been watching something that's interesting that maybe we'd like to watch too is there a challenge you want us to undergo something you want us to watch and, and then give our opinions on it let us know. All of the information to reach out to us is in the show notes. I guess that's all for now, guys. Thanks again cool. for... I think it. And we will see you again next time on Let's Get Real. <laughs>